So at that TMF meeting, we took 50 index cards and we put little sayings such as, believe in yourself, never give up, don't lose hope, you're loved. We got in my old 2001 Nissan Maxima, went down Broadway Street that evening, and we got we parked on the side, got out of the car, went up to a female or a homeless individual, handed the index card, didn't say anything. Mm-hmm. Took a moment to look at their face and walked away. I always envisioned myself looking back at my rear view mirror, trying to see what their reaction was. Right. But I can't tell you how many times it was confused, but it was also like, you could see sometimes tears building up. I bet. Who is this person? Why are they handing me an index card? You know, when you look down, you look at them, read it, and it says, you know, we believe in you. Confused. Well, they're probably confused because nobody's cared about them. That's why they've ended up in that situation. Yeah. You know, whether the, you know, drug addiction, you know, you can break relationships. There's so much damage that comes along with it. This was an awesome episode. We had a Michael Gorman, founder of the Movement Family. Movement Family is a nonprofit that helps the homeless and addicted. Michael's an incredible person that we can all definitely learn a thing or two from. I know you're going to love this episode. Enjoy the show. All right, here we are on another episode of The Mic Drop with Mike Gorman today. Super excited to have you on, Mike. Um, you know, we need more people like you in the world. Uh, just talking a little bit before we started, you know, some of the things you've done and, you know, the, just the, 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 the kindness and doing things for the right reasons are what's so important. And I think mm-hmm. so many people in the day-to-day forget about that. You know, so thank you before we even start for, for all the, the things you do on a daily basis. It's, it's awesome. Yeah, no, thank you. Truly, uh, truly grateful to be here, my man. So thank cool. you again. Uh, absolutely. So you're the founder of the Movement Family. Yes. What is the Movement Family? So if I was to bring you back here in time, yeah. uh, I was lucky. I had two very loving and supportive parents. So I had a mom and dad in the home uh, with me throughout academics, throughout my athletic career. Um, but I would say growing up during that time piece, uh, it was tough for me. I, I saw quite a few of my friends with dad being absent, sure. mom working a couple jobs, which I feel like I saw a lot of my friends kind of make their own decisions, have mm-hmm. a lot of downtime, right? Whether it, it was hanging at the park for after school until the, the late night hours where mom's calling me inside to, hey, you know, it's dinner and get this homework done and get to bed, you know, get ready for the next day. So I think that's where the, the vision starts, right? And when I was 18 years old, just graduated from Methuen High School, um, played four years of varsity basketball there, um, got recruited uh, to go play at Anna Maria College. That summer, um, my college coach sent me a workout packet. Yep. So move-in day was, I think, at the end of August, mm-hmm. where you basically roomed with another teammate. And that summer, he basically sent a packet to all the players and says, this is what you're doing this summer. You know, Be ready when you get here to the school year. So I get this packet sent to my house, and it's like three-mile run, speeding, conditioning, you know, really just sticking with it, you know, stay in shape type Right, mentality. stay focused. Stay focused, exactly. Uh, a lot of structure in that packet too. But what, what ties into how this program began is I didn't want to do that three-mile run alone. Mm-hmm. So I, I group up with a few of my friends, and we're now running a three-mile run throughout the city of Methuen. Awesome. So we're going up the big Holy Family Hill. Yep. We're going past the loop, and we're heading back to Methuen High School. Um, with, with those beginning friends, they ended up, by word of mouth, bringing some people too. Okay. And I looked around at the circle, and I was actually the only one that was going to college. Of all your buddies you were hanging with? Out of summer. all the buddies. Yeah. Um, some of them did drop out of school already, but some of them did graduate. 
And I really just didn't know what the next chapter consisted of. It's kind of like, I don't really know what I'm doing with myself. Right, right. And that happens a lot, mm-hmm. you know? So how did, how did it progress from there? So it, it progresses um, from there with looking around that circle. And it's like, man, this could become like a, a second family. Because it was the three-mile run that really built like this determination and motivation factor. Like we wouldn't leave until everyone finished the run. It's awesome. We pumped each other up. Next thing you know, no word of a lie, it, I couldn't believe how, how quick it grew within that summer. 50 people within about a month and a half. Get out so of here. we get to like mid-July and there's now 50 people running throughout the city of Methuen. And we're looking around. We're getting close. Like we're building relationships. We're having a good time where it's like, you know, this can be like a second family. Like yeah. we're, we're so close. We're like a family in a right, sense. Right, right, right. You know, and it, and it tends to that first summer because that first summer was so special to me. Because with anything in life, the first time you do something, you never forget it. Because right. you don't really know what you're doing. Was there any, did you have any intent behind it when it first started? Or was it just, hey, let's just start going together, helping each other, bring each other up, and then just kind of snowballed? Yeah, that's a great question because there was no intent. Right. It was, it was really just working out mentality. But then next thing you know, like human interaction, it's funny how it works and the, the power of relationships. Um, we became close from like strangers to like brother and sister. So with no money, no facility, no one telling us how to do something, we started becoming creative and we did a three-on-three basketball tournament at the Tenny Grammar School mm-hmm. on the outdoor court, raised money, had tons of teams that came. We did a yard sale on Broadway Street in Lawrence in front of a church where the priest allowed us to do it. Is this all that that first summer? That first summer. Wow. And we did a car wash at, I don't even think it's called The Wave anymore, but it's by uh, the Loop area. There's this gas station over there yep. where they allowed us to do that. So w- w- with that money that we raised, we decided to go to a zoo, mini golfing and bowling. And it sounds silly, right? But we went to the zoo and I couldn't believe the amount of 18-year-olds that never saw an elephant or a giraffe in their life. Get out of here. Just where never had that opportunity. Never had the opportunity, man. And and then it was the bowling, where I remember we rented five, uh, five lanes, and I think all five lanes was gutter ball the first time. <laughs> but but we're laughing, you know, we're we're enjoying it. And I take a step back and I look at those days, and I'm like, wow, like it was parents or, or kids that never had the opportunity to do the little things, yeah. you know, that we a lot of us take for granted. I think on a daily basis, we, you know, many, many of us don't even think about those little things, mm. you know, and I've, I've learned that a lot being involved in other, you know, charities in the area where it's like, holy smokes, I didn't know that people right here didn't get that opportunity. And the, the opportunities we're talking about are very little things, mm-hmm. you know, that, you know, on the day to day, we just think it's regular life and it's not, yep. you know, so, so did it, so it started just as you guys raising some funds for what reason just to just really to do just something do something together right that's what i mean like just to do something together yeah you didn't even know what didn't even know what okay. but it was just a sense of like connection togetherness i like it um i think with life people want to feel accepted you know there was quite a few of those people that were doing the run like i said whether it, we were diverse man like i'm talking about diversity with age race uh gender um but it was also the struggle you looked around the circle and individuals struggled with, you know, the dro- drop dropping out of school yep. or the social anxiety or was it the depression or was it like, hey, you know, quite a few of us, we, we never had a dad around, right? you know, and they have this sense of family and it's like, it was a sense of like, they, they believed. Yeah. And, and it, it was so powerful to me that it, the day before I had to move out to college, I think I was still, I was living with mom 
and, and dad still at the house. And uh, I was talking to mom and I, I was having some tears. I was having a hard time. Mm-hmm. I didn't know how to leave. Something that became so powerful and connected to me. Leave that group. I was leaving everyone behind. Yeah. I was going to play basketball. I was going to get, you know, a degree. And I was leaving this TMF program that was now three months in and so connected. Did it have the name at the time? It did. Yeah. Not until like two months later. Right. Because I think there was a, a kid named Louis Mateo where it's like, you know, we're like moving forward. And it's like someone else, like it's a family though, the movement family. And that's yeah. how the name came along. But leaving that for someone was extremely difficult. I bet. I bet. Because, you know, as you build it up, you were probably the only person leaving, right? One of the few. Or one of the, one few. Of the few. Not yeah. not a lot of people out of the no. 40, 50 people that not have kind of all. become part of this awesome tight-knit group. It's like, oh, man. So how did it continue after you left? So I I go to school. I don't get to come home a lot Mm -hmm. because I'm playing basketball. Yeah. So I don't have the luxury of coming home every weekend when I want to see family and friends. Right. And, you know, so I go home for Thanksgiving and Christmas. That was all you went home that that, that first fall? Or if it's not basketball season, maybe taking advantage of a couple weekends. Yep. You know, to go see mom and dad. But it, it was short stint, you know, so it was just a summer program for those four years. So every summer I would return home around May and then bring it to August, have a banquet, go back to school. Did the did the family stay tight while you were gone throughout the year? No. So it kind of like disbanded and you'd bring it back together? Yeah, it like died out. Yep. Um, and that's nothing in regards to, to me, but it was a sense of like, I think they believed in the way I was moving forward with yeah. the family where they... You get someone to believe in in your vision, and they're yeah. all with you, yeah. you know? And there's always a leader, right? And if you kind of started it, and then they were probably almost like vicariously living through you while you're off at school, playing hoops, getting an education, yep. they're probably like, wow, that's awesome, mm-hmm. you know, supporting you, and you come back and, and pick them right up and keep supporting them. Exactly. That's really cool. So when did it become, you know, let's 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 raise money and, and help others outside of your group is that how did that yeah you're, you're right on man yeah. because with just like understanding this whole like timeline in a sense um so when i graduated in 2015 yep. uh graduated with a social work degree finished my collegiate career decided to go back home that's when i made the decision i want to do tmf full-time mm-hmm. still not a nonprofit organization but going back to that first summer not to you know, jump around here. But that first summer when I was 18 and I built that TMF family, I became very curious of the streets of Lawrence. Yeah. Um, I studied the streets. That first summer, there was me and three TMF members that would go out there and literally explore. Um, I'm talking, I took this one notebook and I went under every bridge in the city of Lawrence, every alleyway, and I walked the railroad tracks until I hit a different town. Mm-hmm. You know, and once I hit that different town, I would stop. Um, I just wanted to learn someone's story. So when you connect, when I graduated college in 2015, I combined this family I created plus my passion for the community and the struggling addict on the street, the person holding the cardboard sign that's homeless, and maybe a female that's even standing under a street sign that's prostituting, selling her body to support a drug habit in a sense. And uh, I ran away with the community and family together. So you had no hesitation as a young man, 18, 19 years old, to go walk under those bridges and down the tracks. You weren't you weren't worried about it, safety. You, you were like, you know what, I'm just going to go out and 
Like what we what we because what was your thought process at, at that time? I think I gave my mom a heart attack. That, I know that's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm <laughs> yeah, thinking. You know, my, if my, my son mom, was out doing that, yeah. I'd be like, oh man. So because you grew up in Methuen, right, right Lawrence. next to Lawrence, yep. had you spent much time in the city? You know what I mean, or or not so much? Quite a lot of friends in Lawrence, just right. due to being connected with the Lawrence Boys Club, the YMCA, yep. and just being connected, right. um, you know, throughout basketball. But you just went out there and you said, I'm going to learn everything about really all the challenges that people are having. Was your intent when you when you went out to to learn about them to was it I want to go out and learn about what's going on here so I can help? Or is it did it just start off as like a curiosity to see what was going on? Curiosity, 100 yeah. percent. You know, Methuen borders Lawrence. So as you drive down Broadway Street, if you're to start at McDonald's mm-hmm. on the corner of Essex and Broadway and mm-hmm. just go directly up Broadway and stop at about big and beefy. Mm-hmm. That, that section right there, as you're driving by, heading back to Methuen, yeah. you could see a lot in that strip. Oh, yeah. You know, whether it's just the, the intense activity of people up and down those streets. And uh, I became curious. Like, why is a female standing under that street sign, standing at, staring at every car that drives by? Right. You know, why is someone holding that cardboard sign? Like, how did his life get to that point? Right. So the curiosity, hundred percent, was the starting factor. Yeah, you know how, what 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 happened next? How to keep yeah, so evolving? I, I wanted to before we. Um, I didn't know how to approach somebody. I didn't. Somebody on the street. I was so naive and lost. I never. Right. I have never used a drug in my life. I've never had some sort of struggle where I didn't know where to sleep at night. Right. So the curiosity was number one, but number two. We had a TMF meeting, so we started to meet bi-weekly as a group, right? And a few of those members were pretty passionate of the community aspect that I took. Mm -hmm. And we decided an index card approach. So I did not want to go up to someone on the street, give them a bag and say, hey, you know, hope your life gets better. You know, take care. You know, hope, hope things turn out okay. I wanted to some way be creative and how can I work my way into someone's heart? So at that TMF meeting, we took 50 index cards and we put little sayings such as believe in yourself, never give up, don't lose hope, you're loved. We got in my old 2001 Nissan Maxima, went down Broadway Street that evening and we got, we parked on the side, got out of the car, went up to a female or a homeless individual, handed the index card, didn't say anything, Mm -hmm. took a moment to look at their face and walked away. I always envisioned myself looking back at my rear view mirror, trying to see what their reaction was. Right. But I can't tell you how many times it was confused, but it was also like, you could see sometimes tears building up. I bet. Who is this person? Why are they handing me an index card? You know, when you look down, you look at them, read it, and it says, you know, we believe in you. Confused. Well, they're probably confused because nobody's cared about them. That's why they've ended up in that situation. Yeah. You know, whether the, you know, drug addiction, you know, you can break relationships. There's so much damage that comes along with it, right? So that was really our starting point, like the index card. Yep. But I wanted to continue to work my way into your heart. And so so time-wise, just so I'm uh, I'm getting it right, mm-hmm. this is right, this is after you're done school and you're going, you're, you're going full-time into it, right? Yeah. And when I came home in the summers, yeah. I like, I like kept up with that, that just curiosity in the street. So yeah. those first four summers, I just went back and besides like the TMF family and doing those runs and the, right. the weekend stuff on my own spare time with a few members, I enjoyed really hitting the streets. Well, that was information gathering, it sounds yeah, like, right? 100%. So you're gathering all this information to figure out what you can do with it, mm-hmm. right? 100%. Then you finish school and you're like, all right, I'm going to start with this, right? And what I, what I always say to people when I talk, whether it's you know, business or, or helping people, right, mm-hmm. is you just always need to take a step, 
right? And what I like about this here is it's like you got all this information and then your step was let's start with the end. Let's start with this, right? And then it probably started to snowball a little bit, right? Yeah, 100%. And then right. it just started to snowball because – Social media, I would say, is a powerful thing. Yeah. You know, I would post sometimes like the index card, you know, hitting the streets tonight, you know, and people become curious, like, oh, wow, this is pretty cool. So now they're donating like uh, McDonald's, Dunkin' Donuts, and Burger King gift cards. Perfect. So we're over here and I'm being like, why don't we take this McDonald's gift card? We'll walk them down to Broadway and Essex. We'll walk into McDonald's. Now we're ordering something at the at the register. Now we're taking that tray and we're sitting down with them inside McDonald's. Right. Now it's like, let's go. Yeah. We got a conversation here. Yeah. Now I can pick someone's brain. Yeah. And I want to forget a female named Chachi, one of the first people I met at McDonald's, uh, Hispanic uh, female told me I've been struggling with crack cocaine and heroin and I have not seen my son and my mother. I'm from Chicago, Illinois. I'm in Lawrence, Massachusetts. So you know me, I'm starting like, you know, where, how did you end up over here? You right. know, we're, we're in Massachusetts. I ended up meeting, you know, a boyfriend, you know, a uh, drug dealer. Now I'm over here, I'm lost. Now she's crying. Michael, I used to be so beautiful. Uh, I'm just lost in life. I'm oh, like, uh, I don't know if I'll ever make it out. You know, so next thing you know, I started to learn about, wow, you meet someone on the street, they can disappear like this. Just like that. Whether it's seeking treatment, jail, dead, right. or reuniting with family. Right. Those are the top four I would see. Right. So what, I, what we're doing, young 18-year-old kids, 18 to 22, we're now like, hey, can we take down your full name, your first and last, just in case, yeah. you know, if you ever got arrested, you know, we could come visit you in jail, write you a letter. So next thing you know, we're looking up these individuals in the police log and the Eagle Tribune. Yeah. And it says her full name. Um, you know, arrested for possession A um, substance, sure. you know, and we're going to Framingham Women's Prison for the first time. Just Not, to make people feel just loved. To make, and it That's was it, like, right? I learned so much. I learned so much from that conversation at McDonald's, from that index card under a street sign, from sitting across just like me and you yeah. in, in a visiting room in Framingham Women's Prison where she's sitting across like, like, how did you find me? Like, like why do you two individuals care so much right. and it's like no like we believe in you you can do this and it's i think it's pretty powerful i feel like sometimes when you reach a sense of hopelessness or you reach a sense of like i don't think i will make it out right and you have someone that really believes in you again it's you people would be surprised that it can actually make someone believe in themselves again absolutely you know a lot of times that's what you need. And I was seeing that a lot. Yeah. Were you getting, a, as you were describing those, those interactions, were you getting, uh, I bet you got some resistance from people too, right? Yeah. You know, and, and you got both sides to it. You had right. someone that was very open, but I think with the consistency that they saw of continuing to come back with an index card, yeah. a sandwich, a gift card, they, they were soon realizing like they care. Yeah. That was my next question. Cause I was thinking that I'm like, I wonder if you, you you'd go up and try to talk to people or, or interact with them. They'd almost push you away. But then the more you, you keep, the more you come back, the more you keep loving them. Right. Mm -hmm. Cause that's what it is. Right. That's what people need. Right. Yeah. Then they come around and like, all right, now I'm, I'm open to hearing Building that what trust. you've got. Right. Building that trust. So you were just going out night after night and interacting with people. How many people do you think over those first few years when you're just hitting the streets, you, you would sit down and have conversations with? So those first four summers, 18 to 22, when I was in college, when I came back home and spent that time, uh, I, I a lot. I, yeah. I, it, it hurt me because the first time I really experienced losing people, 
You know, I experienced, I saw the overdose in front of me. Yeah. I experienced being in an ICU room with someone brain dead with no family around them and being there until they pulled the plug. Right. You know, I experienced the successful stories of reuniting with family and, you know, mending those broken relationships and feeling hopeful again. Yeah. So I saw both ends to it, but it, it just taught me so much about life. Yeah. You know, life moves so fast and it becomes sometimes a routine to so many people. And sometimes we don't take a deep breath and it's like, wow, like practicing gratitude. And like, it's a lot of people that are hurting. Yeah. You know, we, we do a dinner and one of the first things I always say is like, who here tonight can raise their hand and, and say they're in a dark place? And I look around that circle. Right. It's sad. Like, I just want to let you know I love you. Right. No one's told you they love you today. I love you. You know, just to hear that. Yeah. You know, it's going to be okay. Sometimes people want to hear it's, it's going to be okay. Doing, man. You know? It really is. It, it really is. But being in that being in that field that you are both professionally and, and with, with, with the movement, that's going to be tough, right? Because I've known other people that are in, you know, the, the, the addiction, you know, and uh, recovery field mm -hmm. and you see great successes, then there's also a lot of loss. Yeah. You know what I mean? What, you know, with that being the case, is it just the successes are, are so bright that it makes the losses, you know, a little less painful? How does, I, I've never been in that situation. Mm -hmm. You know, how does, how, how does that feel emotionally to you when you're, when you're going through those situations? I was so hurt that the first couple summers when I saw it, I bet my mom was like my listening ear. Yeah. I'd go over and just kind of express myself. Like, I can't believe it. Like, she was trying. Like, I just can't believe, like, her battle. She she lost it. Like, she was trying, Ma. She really was. She spoke about it. You know, she wanted to reunite with her son, take her son to the movies when she got sober again. And I, <clears throat> you know, her, her, I got to hear it behind the scenes, you know, when no one else did. Yeah. You know, but I, I would say, yeah, the successful stories. But I really enjoy going to the darkness. I enjoy yeah. going to like the gutters where where people are like they see no light at the end of it like i like going in the pitch black yeah like where someone has been out there maybe for years where it's like they've just totally given up on themselves is it just because you see it as an opportunity to help yeah you know what i mean it's like you go into these very very dark difficult situations you know darkness blackness as you, as you described it but do you see it just hey these are people that i can i can actually try to help you know that's that's amazing that you do that. You know what I mean? Because so many people are afraid to put themselves into that situation. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And, and and the fact that that that's been your passion for I mean, what's it been? 10, 12 years now, right? Yeah, ten going on eleven years. Right, going on eleven years. Yeah. And it hasn't faded one bit. If anything, it's it sounds like it's gotten stronger. Yeah, we've come a long way. Right. Ten years. Right? Yeah. So tell tell us a little bit about uh where we're at kind of now. You talked about the weekly meetings. Mm -hmm. Right, yep. bi-weekly meetings, right? Bi-weekly on Monday, correctly. yep. And, um, and you've got the Wednesday dinners. Yes. Tell me what, what happens at each of those. So Wednesday dinner was pretty unique. Um, me and a few TMF members, we were in my car, drove through the bus station on a Wednesday night, like 9 yep. o'clock. Yep. Uh, drive through the bus station. It's called the Buckley Garage. It's a pretty unique kind of structure. you got an overhead and you got two entrances on both sides where a bus can go through and exit. Is that the one right like off the Common? Off Common Street. Okay. Yep, I know right there. Yep. yep. So um, we drove through it and we saw a few homeless individuals sleeping on the bench. So we go back to the TMF meeting that following week and like, wow, like quite a few people sleeping in the bus station. And so we're, we're, we're in a group and we start saying, why don't we like just start like a dinner inside the bus station? We'll go back next Wednesday night. <laughs> so we take this one circle table, put it in my trunk. Yep. We grab five chairs, put it in my trunk. And then we're like, let's just go to Little Caesars Pizza, get some $5 boxes of pizza and just show up at the bus station. 
So we go there, and I remember entering the bus station. We're like, oh, man, we're crazy. Like, they're going to think we're freaking idiots walking <laughs> in here. So uh, we, we parked the car. We set up the, the circle table in the middle. And out loud, you know, does anybody want to join us for dinner? You know, we got some pizza. Come on over. We got some chairs. We can eat together. Got three people that walked over. Sat down. Yeah. Obviously, pizza type of meal where it's pretty quick, right? Sure. And go back to your bench. Yeah. But we go back to that next week, and it's like, wow, like people actually came over and ate. You know, maybe we should try to, you know, make some trays of food this week. Yeah, have a little buffet style of dinner. <laughs> so we we go back <laughs> That's with awesome. the, we go back with a couple tables and uh, a, a few families actually made some food. And uh, next thing you know, we got our, our serving spoons and we're serving some like lasagna and macaroni and cheese. Yeah, yeah, and they love it. They're grabbing a seat at the table. We're conversating, and then we exit. Next meeting, it's like, yeah, but like, I don't want to, you know, be another soup kitchen in the city where we're just giving food and, you know, they're coming to eat and they leave again. It's just a weekly thing. Right. So we decided to be creative. Let's bring in a donations table. Okay. Let's have a table on Wednesday nights inside the bus station with coats, shirts, pants, etc., hand warmers, toe warmers. And then we, add, we added in a books table so you can take a book to go, come in, grab a book to go. Then we ended up having a prayer table. So, you know, if you're looking for a Bible, if you're looking for a relationship with God, yep. you can go see that table. Then we have barbers come in, and now they're giving haircuts inside Get the bus out. station at 9 o'clock. So you're doing night. all of this. Yes. Yeah, so, and, and it's transitioned to make that long story short <laughs> with different tables. Now we have uh, haircuts. We do manicures. We have live music with a saxophone player comes <laughs> in. They do uh, music and dinner now. So. Yeah. But, but the reason of implementing those different tables where— what are ways that we can build that connection? Right. What are ways that they can feel like this is a safe place where they can come, feel like a sense of family, and know that they'll be okay? Like you guys had when you first started. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And we brought in Tewksbury Detox. Do you believe that Tewksbury Detox, the admissions coordinator, yeah. came in on Wednesday nights, and they would save a couple beds. So if anybody wanted to seek treatment on Wednesday night, we would be able to get them a bed at Tewksbury. Unreal. So we were getting people off the street. Right. You know, and I think that was huge. So how so how many people would you have showing up? And this is in the bus station. This is in the bus station. Yeah. 9 to 11 o'clock at night every Wednesday. And you didn't get, did you get any resistance from the, uh, like the bus station. Oh, yeah, yeah. People? You, you hit you hit me you hit me there in the heart. So yeah. it, it reached a hundred and people that summer. So it'd be a hundred people there. Hundred people where then I got a phone call from the lieutenant of the police department. Yeah. And this was heading now towards Thanksgiving. Okay. And he gave me a phone call and he said, Michael, I'm sorry to inform you that the dinners can no longer be happening at the bus station. The mayor is shutting it down. And that was Mayor Rivera at the time, Mayor Dan yeah. Rivera. Um Probably an amazing person, family mm -hmm. man, does so many great things to the city. Um, I don't think we saw eye to eye when it came to like a specific maybe, you know, sure. area, right? But that happens. People right. have disagreements and disagree to agree. And uh, we get shut down. And what do we do as a family? We hold a candle vigil outside the bus station <laughs> nice. next Wednesday. Yep. So you got like 100 people. Eagle Tribune comes, NBC. They're getting the whole story. Telemundo, Univision, everyone's showing up. Big story. Hit all the papers. And then... I was told, why don't you fight with your heart in City Hall? I'm like, I've never been to a City Hall meeting in my life. Right. I don't even know what that is. And consists. you're what, 23, 24? Yeah. At the time? Uh, actually, this, the dinner started in 2018. Okay. So this is All actually right. a little so bit A little bit older, but yep. not much. So he says there's a thing called public participation in City Hall, where you basically have three minutes they give the public to talk about any concerns of the city. Okay. So I walk in with 75 TMF members. <laughs> and their city council is like, holy shit. Yeah, <laughs> I bet. Be here all night long. I bet. So 
I have all those individuals. Oh, each person gets three minutes? Yeah. <laughs> so we were there for, you can say, quite a few hours. Right. So um, they expressed themselves. I had young Lawrence High School female getting on that microphone where her tears started to roll down her cheeks saying, you know, how could you take something away from the city where I feel like for the first time I'm giving back? Right. I feel more love at the dinner than I do in my own home. Like, this hurts me. Right. Like, I, I'm a Lawrence that? resident, and this is being taken away. I'm confused, right? So we won the votes the first time. But then I learned pretty quickly that a mayor has an opportunity to veto a vote. Right. So then we have to go back for a second. <laughs> so he's <voting>. like, no. <laughs> and we lose by one vote. Oh, no way. Make a long story short with the whole dinner story. We ended up having the dinners at a vacant lot for the next three years okay. on South Broadway, yep. private property. So obviously it couldn't be shut down. Did the owner of that property just come forward and say, hey, listen, you can do it here? Correct. His name nice. was Roger, owns a house of mercy in Lawrence. And he says, I have this place. You guys can utilize it. Awesome. So we utilized it for three years. And now make this story pretty sweet. New mayor comes to office, gives me a phone call. He says, Michael, you should have never lost that bus station in 2018. Let's bring the dinners back. When was that? So this was now less than a year, maybe uh, five, six months ago. Incredible. So we're back at the bus so you're station. You're back at the bus station. <laughs> <laughs> we're back at the bus That's station. That's great. Yeah. So, so you, this year round, every Wednesday night? Well, um, it took us a couple min, uh months to like implement a plan. Yep. So it's a two-year transitional plan because our main focus is finding a home okay. for our program. So he says, you know, use this as a transitional plan for sure. two years until you find something. Yep. And uh, we've now been there for, I would say, three months. Wow. Yeah. So That's it's awesome. been, it's special, you know, where you started. Right. And, and do, but you do these winter all the time. There's only one rule that dinner can never cancel. I like that. So, uh, when, so we no were, what? when we were on that vacant lot, there was no overhead. And so picture us That's with the wind thinking. flapping, the tent trying to be set up, yeah. downpouring rain. But there's something the dinner can never cancel, no matter the weather. So when the winter months come around and it hits five degrees outside, we better wrap ourselves in blankets, get the hand yeah. warmers and toe warmers ready. And we're out there for those three hours. Folks, they're out there either way. Exactly. And that's why we you never I mean? cancel. Yeah, they're out there either way. Yep. So it's like you got to show up. Got to you know, show up. that's incredible, man. That's, yeah. that, that's awesome. Um, now tell me about Christmas in the streets. That was another one yeah. that, that, that I had, uh, that I had read about and you mentioned before my favorite time of the year. Yeah. So holidays can be a really special time for a lot of people. You look forward to reuniting with family, Yeah. but I think we do overlook. It can also be a very difficult time. Yeah. Whether it's like an open seat at the table, mm -hmm. someone that you're used to seeing every holiday is no longer with us. Right. Right. It can, it can be different, different yeah. feel to it. Yeah. Sure. And, it's, and it's an adjustment level. But uh, with the Christmas on the streets, it's December 16th to December 25th. And for those 10 days, it's something different each day. Yeah. So day one, we grab Christmas trees and we go under every bridge in the city of Lawrence and we set up the Christmas tree with the homeless. They grab a permanent marker and they write a name of someone they miss or someone they love. And we decorate the tree together. Incredible. So that's day one. Day two, we go to the baby cemetery. So, yeah, go so, so how many Christmas trees is that? So it's got to be quite a bit. So with the Bridges and Lawrence due to there has been some structural changes with like a there has been like a parking. They, they close certain bridges down. Yeah. So it was about five bridges. Yeah. That we concentrate. And so you on. go to each one, you set up trees and yeah, and, and you make make people feel part of something like they would if they were, you know, fortunate enough to be in a home with family. Exactly. It's incredible. Decorate the tree together. Yeah. Um, day two, there's a, a certain part of the Lawrence Cemetery that people might not know of. There's a baby cemetery. And I didn't even know that. Towards the back. So day two, we grab stuffed animals. 
we go to the baby cemetery. Yep. Each member has to pick a baby. You you put the stuffed animal. You take a few minutes to talk. You come back in the circle. Who was the baby you chose? How do you feel? Wow. And we basically bring it in the circle. Wow. Day three, we go to Mary Immaculate. Sorry, I'm asking you a question. No, 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 I think it's so so yeah, it's okay. incredible what you're doing. The baby cemetery is that uh, is that um, you know babies that didn't have family? Is that it, I, what is that? Because you know a lot of times when you're in a cemetery, you see a baby with you know with the family, or mm. is that I, I didn't even know that was there. Yeah, it's it's unique. It's actually like in the back. Okay, and you'll have like looking at them because I don't know the actual stories. Like two months, five months two years old, one years old. So there's just a, a piece of the cemetery where it's, they actually label it baby cemetery. I had no idea. Yeah. So is that the, the big cemetery over by- The huge one. The, over by the reservoir. Correct. Okay. Yep. And somewhere tucked in the back? Tucked in the back. It's a baby cemetery. Unbelievable. Didn't even yeah, know that. It's actually, you know, it's, it's sad to see. You mm -hmm. know, we, we were just, I think, doing, a, forget what we were doing one day, but we noticed it and then we wanted to implement that into the schedule. Yeah. Love you know. It. Uh, day three, we go to Mary Immaculate Nursing Home on Lawrence okay. Street, and we would go to the front desk and we would say, give us a list of anybody that has not had a visitor in over a year. So they ended up giving us names. There's three floors. We split up the TMF members. We bring roses, and you spend at least 15 minutes talking to the person. Bring it back downstairs by the piano, and it's like, you know, who'd you meet? And they end up loving it. Like, yeah. oh, I met. She's amazing. She had so much fun with us. Yeah. You know, and that's a special one. Uh, just to give a few more examples, uh, day four, pretty hilarious uh, Christmas caroling. Okay. Uh, we've come a long way with this just because uh, <laughs> year number one, no Santa hats, yeah. no Christmas carols. I don't think anybody wanted to open the door, see a, a group of 20 people. Right. Like, what are these guys doing? <laughs> yeah. So we come a long way. We got the Christmas caroling books. We got the Santa hats. We start singing before we ring the doorbell. Good idea. Just, just so they know what's going on. Um, so that that's a sense of like TMF, you know. Yeah. Well, you don't see Christmas carolers as much. Right. You know, when, when it's kind of cool because sometimes you're helping other people and other times you're kind of helping each other. You know what I mean? Like what I what I was gonna say after you talked about the nursing home, you come back mm -hmm. down and you talk about it, or same with the uh, you know, the baby cemetery, is you guys are then bringing it back to, you know, your group and probably strengthening that group because everybody in that group still probably needs needs some help and support too. And they're going through it themselves. That's what I'm saying. Exactly. You know what I mean? It's like they're outwardly helping others, helping your group at the same time. It's pretty amazing. I believe sometimes paying it forward or giving totally. back can help self, you know, even when you're going All through it, you know? Yeah. And uh, I think they've learned that, yeah. you know, it makes you feel a little bit better. Yeah. You know, giving back you when you might not have much to give. Right. Now, has, has the group... In, in talking about that, right, because everybody always needs help, has the group continued to grow and grow and grow all these years? Yes. Is it some of the people that you would have gone out and helped on the streets that has some, then joined the group? Some people have implemented, yeah, from who we used to help have joined the family since then. Right. Which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, the family, not the group. I was saying, yeah, yes, it, it is okay. a family. It is a family. So how many sure. people do you have actively in the family now? Um think throughout the years you've had over 400 people in total throughout the 10 and a half years yeah i would say active you know you can go anywhere from like 100 just that it's like active yeah it probably know? varies right yeah so i'm in at for a little bit and we're always there with open arms regardless though right you know if you want to come back we're here right you know which i think is special and a couple of those um other days i think one of my most special is a uh, hope night so that's okay. day four um there's four corners in lawrence where 
it, it means a lot to me. Four corners that are known for prostitution. Okay. Um, where I don't even like to use that word at yeah. times. Um, this would be a very judgmental word. So on off Broadway Street, there is a uh, Bradford, Tremont, Green, Cedar. So those okay. are those are four corners where if you drive by, you may see a female standing under a street sign. Right. So what we do is we use those four street signs. I have a TMF member, the street sign's not that tall, climb the street sign, put a purple flower at the top of it. Purple flower uh, means hope. Yeah. So it's above the street sign. And then we take the index card and we tape it at about head length, head head level, um, it says something as believe in yourself, never give up, you know? So when that female is standing under that street right. sign, she might not even know if there's a purple flower above her, above her head. Yeah. And maybe if she looks directly at the street sign, there's that message. Wow. So those are like four examples wow. throughout those 10 days where it's like, I don't know, it brings me meanings to, to like the holidays, you That's know? That's what I was gonna say. It makes the holidays that much more special. Agreed. You know what I mean? Because yeah. it's, it's not about, yeah, the the other stuff, you know what I mean? The, the presents and all that. That's whatever, right? Mm. It's about family, helping people. You know, holidays are, as much as you said before, it's a time of like joy and happiness. It's also a time of great sadness for people because, you know, they don't have the family and all the other things, yeah. right? So you kind of, you're, you're doing, you're making it about what it should be about, mm-hmm. you know, which I think is absolutely fantastic. Yeah, thank you. Um, so you guys don't physically have a home, Right now, right? We don't. Is that, and you said that's something you're looking for. We just, after 10 years, and when I mean grassroots, I don't think you get any more grassroots than us. Right. Um, 10 years later, we just got the nonprofit 501c3. Just ten, now? 10 years later. Yep. We just What got did it, it take it, to get that? So me being naive, I didn't even know like how to start it. I was told it's a lot of paperwork, you know, you're going to need maybe someone from, to be able to help you out. So I was very fortunate where a gentleman named Frank Can. He owns right. his own business. Um, you know, he reached out and he said, I would be glad to help you with this, mm-hmm. you know, free of charge. Just, I really believe in your mission and I want to see it continue and grow. So he took some time to get some people in my corner to help me throughout all the paperwork. And just to know that we're documented now as a nonprofit is huge. Yeah, you know, we awesome. just got a van, you know, we have a website today, you know, all those things that we didn't have before. What else can people help you with to help you continue to grow? Um, I feel like this, and, and it's such a good question because people like people ask that question. I'm like, you know, how can I get involved? Like, yeah. what can I do to better support your group? Like, yeah. I'm really intrigued by it. Um, sometimes I think something as small as I would love to have you at a Wednesday night, okay, just for you to see it with your eyes. I think it would be special. Yeah, you know, if you want to serve food, go. I'll, I'll get you a spot to serve food. Yep. If you want to help at the donations table, go right ahead. And if then if you're not, if, say if you don't want to be like hands on, yeah. but I want to help from a distance. Right. You know, we're always accepted. We have an re- old school records player at the dinner where some homeless individuals, cool. they love going up to there and playing some old tunes. You know? Right. Right. So if you got old records, old books, if you, you know, do want to just help like financially and, and you know, we do accept money okay. as a program today. So it's just so many ways to just get involved. I think we're very active on social media where you can, people can really keep up to date with what's needed or, or what we're doing. Well, I'll make sure that we as a company and, you know, myself and others here that, you know, want to continue to support the cause will share anything you have on social media to try to spread that out even further. We've got a pretty decent reach in the area. Mm. You know what I mean? So hopefully we can help that way. I, I know personally I would love to come down uh, amazing, on a Wednesday. Love to have no, my, my wife and I would love to do that. You know what I mean? We try to do as much as we can and, and help out and give back and, you know, even bring the kids down too. You know what I mean? So they can see, you know what mm. I mean, that 
you know, it's the right thing to do is, is to, is to help. Mm. And sometimes I think it's good for, for, you know, children that might not be in that situation or really understand that that even exists mm-hmm. to see it, to know, to help out. Of course. You know what I mean? It's like, we try to talk to our own kids about, you know, giving back and doing things like that. But when they don't even understand what those things are, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? That that exists 10 miles from where we yeah, live. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, you know, and that's something I think where if more people could, could get involved um, and come down and help out, then they can see and they'd want to continue to give back even more. People will be surprised. Seeing things with your eyes can can change, you know, perspective a lot. I, I and I and I've been to school. I'm in I'm in the master's program right now. I, I love it. I enjoy yeah. it. I could tell you about how the dopamine is in the neurotransmitters of this drug is affecting you with your brain, right? Yeah. But like I saw someone shooting up, struggling to find a vein, tears rolling down their Man. eyes, saying they hate themselves today. Like yeah. I saw that. You know, like that's things that I take with me throughout my journey. Like I go back, people say like, you know, who's some things, who's some people that you thank today throughout this journey? I thank those individuals I first met on the street. Right. They could have said, screw you, get lost. You're not in my shoes. Like take care, kid. You know what I mean? But they took a moment at times, even in withdrawal, sick, really don't know what the next move is and take time to talk to me. Right. If I had questions, they actually answered them. Yeah. You know, and I'm forever thankful right. for those folks, and, I, and, I'll, and I'll forever say it. I miss them today. Yeah. Let know? me ask you, and I, I under, why are you thankful for that? Just, just the love that they shared throughout some, some tough times. Right. They were hurt, but right. they, I think they understood pain and hurt so much mm-hmm. where that, like, the one thing that they wanted was love. Right. So I feel like they, like, they gave that to me. But you I were had, giving that to them. And yeah. That's why I was asking that, right? You're yeah. thankful. You're thankful to them, but you were giving that to you were giving them the love, yeah. right? When nobody else probably had in in an extended amount of time, you know, an extended period of time. Mm. I mean, they're just alone, you know. I won't ever forget there was this that individual that first year. Her name was Cuba. And she ended up passing away. You know, she had like endocarditis. And obviously, certain substances can affect your heart. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, she goes into a store, $2 to her name. She comes out with two Arizonas. Just just like just making sure I had a, had a beverage as well. Right. You know, and it, it, it's, it's, it's right. silly, it's little, but that meant something to her. That's like, not just, silly. That's just, not little. That's, just giving that's, me that's a big. It, it, in her sense, it was like, here you go. Like, here's something for you. You're yeah. always taking care of me. Here's, here's an Arizona for you. 99 cents. Right. You know, and it right. meant something to her. Yeah, that's a big you deal. Know? Yeah. You know what I mean? That's because you, you're you out there every single night showing people that, you know, you do love them. You do care about them and helping to bring people up. Mm. I think that's that that's such an important thing. You know what I mean? Always always trying to lift people up. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and really any aspect like you know my, my wife always kind of gives me a hard time i'm always talking to people right wherever i go <laughs> right i was like sitting i'll start having conversations with people and uh she's like everywhere we go you're always yapping 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 and i'm like well because sometimes people want to be talked to and it's interesting mm. like i'd like to learn more about you and i'd like to learn more about you know like you did yeah. the people that, that were on the streets you know, to help you know understand why they're there and see if you can help them in any way Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. do you guys have any other uh, events throughout the year or anything else that, you know, people could help out with or that you think should be, you know, is important for people to know about? Uh, I would say most known for the dinner. Okay. I think most people know about the dinner. Um, we do have those biweekly um, and where are those held? on Mondays. So actually at a, at a lodge in North Andover, right next to the North Andover Youth Center. Okay. So uh, 
uh, a gentleman named Sam Salib, uh, North Andover uh, kid. He ended up helping us helping us get that spot okay. rent free. Oh, the the building just across the parking lot just from the youth center. Just across the parking lot, you got it. What's funny <laughs> is I grew up I grew up in North Andover. We didn't mention this, but I've known Mike's dad for about thirty something uh, years. Uh, Rick Gorman, yeah, who runs yeah. the, the youth services over there, and um, I had been over in that area since I was a little kid, and I never yeah. even knew what that building was. Yeah, yeah. So it's actually it is actually a Masonic lodge. Right. Okay. So but, it is a Masonic yep. lodge. So we yep. use that for our meetings. And he lets you use the space, and you're there. Uh, you said bi-weekly, so. When is it? When, when when are the meetings? Yeah, bi-weekly on Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. Okay. Where we focus on different topics. Yep. Where the members can just engage, interact with each other, and just really kind of maybe just set goals and continue moving forward together. Mm-hmm. Um, what's it like for somebody that first comes in? I think it's a lot. Yeah. Just taking it all in. And that's my biggest thing, just take it all in. Yeah. You know, whether you want to just grab a tray of food yourself and sit at the dinner table and learn someone's name, mm-hmm. that could sometimes be the most powerful, or just scope it out. Yeah. You know, take a step back and just look at it all. Yeah. You know, my mom was a big believer and it's like, man, like I'll I'll pass away one day wishing I met more people. Mm-hmm. She loves meeting souls. I think it stems from my dad too. My dad would send me a text every single morning when I went to school for years. Mm-hmm. And he would send in that text 86400. What will you do with it? Yeah. So it's 86,400 seconds a day, uh, 400 seconds in a day, yep. and he would finish the text by what are you going to do with your time? And he's such a huge believer in time. Yeah. Like time is precious. Yeah. Like utilize it. What are you going to do today to be either a better person or make a difference in someone else's life? So that text was every single morning. I, you know, you're, you're talking about your, your parents. I don't know your mom, right? Um, but after talking to you for, I don't know, 30, 40 minutes, however long it's been, uh, she's probably a pretty amazing person. It's my angel. Yeah. And, I, and I've known your dad, like I said, since I was, since I was a little kid. <laughs> I, 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 didn't, I didn't talk to him for the last 20 years <laughs> until recently. Um, but he's a pretty, pretty amazing guy, too. I mean, I saw him when, when I was in middle school and high school. Um, help a lot of kids that were in very challenging situations. Mm. So um, they did a, a hell of a job, you know, because you've, you've, you've got things figured out and you're, you're doing things the right way. They must be very proud of you. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, they must be very, very thank proud you. of you. It's pretty amazing. Um, well, Mike, this has been awesome. Um, I think I could probably sit here and talk to you all day, um, <laughs> you know, because it's, it's great to, to see what you're doing and to learn about it. Um, I'm a- absolutely going to share what you're doing with everybody that watches this or listens to this cool. or follows us on social media, any way that we can pass the word and bring awareness, I think is uh, it's definitely what I'm going to do. I appreciate and, you so much. Yep, Thank you. And I'm going to talk to Nicole tonight. We're going to find a, a Wednesday to come to. All right. Uh, are the kids welcome? The kids are welcome. All right. The kids are welcome. If the kids are welcome, I'll come down. I'll bring my, uh, my, my oldest son. He's 17. Oh, a couple awesome. of his buddies that... Have it made. It would be good for them to, to, you know, to see that life isn't always so easy. Yeah, keep you me know? posted. I would love to have I you I definitely guys. will. All right, my All man. Right, thank you so thank much. Thank you so much. Appreciate it.